This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. This is a script tease episode where we talk through some of the world's greatest plays, jump through the major plot points, give some background, and of course, spoil the endings. All in less than five minutes, we do the hard work so you can do the easy listening. Today we do Where in the World is Frank Sparrow by Angela Betzian, written in 2012. Why is it called that? Where in the world is Frank Sparrow are some of the final lines of the play. His name is combined with the other lead character, Kira Kelly. The chorus wonders where they have gone. The play ends with a less than happy ending for the pair. The play is also about people looking for Frank Sparrow, especially a pair of underground dwelling hench people. Frank runs late for his court appearance and breaks curfew, so people are often asking, where in the world is Frank Sparrow? Considering he is not from this world, but from the Earth itself, it is an interesting play on words. He is not in the world. He is in the Earth. What is it about? The play is a mix of chorus and dialogue scenes, but it's all written in this free organic rhyme, and this continues into the dialogue. The play is set in a wasteland called Stab City. The chorus describes the arrival of a baby in Sparrow's field from the Black Earth. That baby is called Frank Sparrow. He is left without parents until the childless Kists adopt him. The chorus then adopts a prologue similar to Romeo and Juliet and establishes two feuding families, the Kellys and the Southies. They let us know that Frank is now 14 and his birth was foretold. As a baby rises up, one must come down. Frank is described as 14, lean and tall, with a quirky face, with only one working arm and terrible asthma. He is in juvenile court, charged with breaking and entering. He freed birds from their pet store cages and frightened the owner to cardiac arrest, and then he died. Due to his ill health, he is sent to a youth centre. At school, Frank talks to a rat that he's dissecting in biology class. The rat tells him that he will be going below. Frank breaks the rules of the youth home and escapes. He falls and meets Kira Kelly, daughter of the richest man in town, also a mob boss. She is exploring the stormwater drains, and she makes a map of all the deaths that have occurred in Step City, a fascination of hers. We hear her mother was killed by a Southie, the Kelly family nemesis. The pair agree to meet again the following night. As Frank continues to explore past curfew, he meets an assortment of dead animals in the garbage who speak to him and explain that he has magical powers. He can transform into a bird. They tell him he will go below, and he is not like the others. The next day we learn in a short scene, some hench people are looking for Frank Sparrow. They eat worms from their hair, and they have an air of underground dwellers. That night, Kira and Frank meet again, and their instant love connection is compared to Romeo and Juliet's, both having tragedy in their future. Kira tells Frank of her life, filled with threats of violence from the Southies. They tell each other that they have feelings for one another, and Frank stays with Kira. Unfortunately, they are at the Southeast Territory, and the Southies spot them. The Southies decide to hurt Kira, who should be untouchable, for if you hurt her, Daddy will come and take vengeance. They rough them both up, but Frank turns into a wolf and attacks some of the men. He runs away on Kira's request, and she covers the body as the police arrive. The henchmen, still looking for Frank, Warren and Nix, explain Frank's parents haven't seen him either. As Frank runs from Stab City into the country, a goat sings to him that he needs to go below, where he was spawned. In the city, the Southies get their revenge and kill some teenage Kellys, who in turn retaliate. A war has begun. 
Frank returns to the city as he misses Kira. He finds an old fridge box under a bridge, and a homeless man approaches him. Frank admits he killed a Southie, and the old man explains he knows some hench people are looking for him, who he knows to be Frank Sparrow. To end the scene, Aaron, the Southie Frank killed when he was a wolf, appears as a zombie. Frank questions him, but Aaron disappears. Frank learns that Kira has been charged with murdering Aaron, and he vows to free her from prison. He turns into a bird and flies to her, but she doesn't want to go. She blames herself for starting the war and being on the Southies' land and talking back to the Southies. Frank convinces her to escape with him, and they jump off the prison wall and fly. They run into the hench people who explain they are there to find Frank and that they need to take him below. Kira wants to come, but they don't let her, so Frank and her run away. As they flee, the Kelly gang see Kira and chase after her. They run into a gang of Southies who also chase them right to a dead end. There's a hole that opens up in the earth and Frank is taken below, leaving the rest above ground. The old man speaks to Kira and explains that Frank has gone below and he shows her a way to find him, though he says that she will not return. Kira meets the henchmen in the stormwater drains. They tell her that she does not belong. They show him Frank in a cocoon, slowly turning into a bird. She wants to stay with Frank, but is convinced by the hench people that she serves a greater purpose above ground, stopping the war between the gangs. Kira steps in as part of the Kelly gang petrol bombs a car that a little girl is in. Kira shields the little girl, and Kira perishes. This act is reported in the newspapers, and the gangs agree to stop their violence, for now. The chorus ends by asking, where in the world is Kira Kelly and Frank Sparrow? The final scene of the play is just like the beginning, a baby being pushed through the black earth by a pair of hands. If you didn't know the play before, you do now, a bit. If you like the sound of it, have a read. That was Scriptease. Remember, this was just our version of the play's story, highlighting the bits we think are important. You may also have your favourite bits and moments you want to mention. If you do, please leave a comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. That's all from us at The Aside and this episode of Scriptease. There are a load of episodes in the bank, including more Scriptease episodes and over 200 episodes of The Aside. If you would like to ask us a question, please do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast.outlook.com. Thank you to Halebury for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening.